Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode of the Habibi. Sometimes three Arab game developers drinking good Arab tea. Yani not always Rarely. three, sometimes, you know, occasionally it's three, but, you know, sometimes it's two. We've never done one. No, no, That'd one doesn't difficult. work. That's a, I don't how do you have a conversation? It's like a Habibi. Yeah. That's not Habibi's. <laughs> That's it right. Habibi's. Yeah. That's right. That's important. So, Yanni, uh, yeah, we don't have a Fozzie. No, he's on a plane somewhere, which is usually your Fousey's thing. On a plane. Yeah, that's my thing. <laughs> Fozzie's stealing your thing. Ste- stealing my thing. <laughs> what personality will I have left? <laughs> <laughs> well, you wore a cap today on Twitter. You're trying to steal my thing. You failed no, at it I mean, miserably, but still. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I realized that I failed it miserably. <laughs> you have to have standards. If I was just flying and I'm stealing caps, then what are you stealing from me? Uh, I'm pretty tall. I'm not as tall as you. No, no, no. You're, you're short. <laughs> I'm not, nobody has ever called me short in my life. This is a first. I don't know how to react. <laughs> I don't know how to react. Because, I mean, sure compared to, me. to you, yeah, I'm not tall at all, which is so odd. <laughs> it is so odd. I mean, wh- where, no, no, no. where I just came from, I felt especially tall. I, right, yeah, right. I, I, you were traveling. I was traveling. I spent the last week in the UAE, specifically in Abu Dhabi and Dubai. Nice. Or Abu Dhabi and Dubai, depending on how you pronounce it. It's been a while for me. Yeah, I. me too. I hadn't been, like, I've never been in Dubai, but I've been in Abu Dhabi oh, really? 38 years ago. This is my first time in Dubai. Yeah. You're you're older than 38 years? Yeah, I, a little bit. <laughs> I left when I was five years old. You can do the math. You can figure out how to, how. I don't want to do the math. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Rami. We're going to leave it. We're going to leave it at that, okay. <laughs> yeah, Rami, mm-hmm. do you know what the biggest mm-hmm. difference between Dubai and Abu Dhabi what is? So the people in Dubai don't like the Flintstones, but the people in Abu Dhabi do. <laughs> well, that was an episode of Habibis. I'm going home. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I don't want. I'm close. <laughs> I've got to grab. I've got to grab something to drink. Gonna... <laughs> oh god, that was too good. <laughs> oh man, I waited a whole week for that. <laughs> You're so proud, right? I am so proud. I love that joke. I. <laughs> How did they react to it over there? <laughs> well, I mean, to be honest, I told it to two of my friends who are not locals, and they cracked up. I told it to. One person I met who was local, and he looked at me blinking. He didn't look upset. I think he didn't understand and was just trying to be polite. <laughs> I don't know if the Flintstones made it out there. So, <laughs> All right. All right. Jokes aside, I promise. No more jokes. <laughs> I had an incredible time. And an absolutely incredible time. And I am... I'm sorry. I'm still recovering from <laughs> I'll be back in normal podcasting mode in a few minutes. But Did you see it coming? My, my, my hand is attached to my face right now. <laughs> tell me. Tell me the truth. Did you see it coming? No, I did not. Absolutely not. Just absolutely not. It was after you, said the, after you hit the punch. And I was like, oh, my God. 
<laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Kalas, okay, how's the people there? <laughs> amazing, amazing. Okay, uh, so a little context. I actually went for work. Um, mm-hmm. So I work at Unity now, partner relations manager. And we organized, like Unity has a whole bunch of events that we organize all over the world. Um, specifically in Abu Dhabi, we had one called Dev Days, where we have a day of different talks on a variety of topics. Um, I give a presentation on game design, and there are a lot of studios now in the region that are opening up. Uh, don't quote me on the number. If I, if I remember correctly, it's something like 600 like micro studios, medium-sized studios, and a few bigger ones. And um, a lot of people showed up. The event was packed. Um, I don't I don't have numbers. I don't remember what they are. But from like looking at it, it looked like about two, three hundred people showed up. It's the biggest game dev event that they've had so far in the region. And you know how these things are, right? The next one will probably be double the size. The one after that will be double the size. And mm-hmm. it, it's mm-hmm. always how it is, right? Um, yeah. So I'm su- super excited to see the growth there. But this is literally the first big game dev event that they've had uh, in the region. I was super honored to be part of it. I gave the keynote presentation for the event. It was extremely well received. Um, I, I, I had an opportunity to talk to a lot of people who were working on their games. Um, at one point, there was a mini lineup of people showing me their games and me giving them feedback. Aww. It's my favorite like thing. I was invited to go back uh, by a couple of schools, universities, that kind of thing. And I intend to go back. I'm not going to wait another 38 years. It was something else. And you know how legendary Arab hospitality is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the people from the, uh, the institutions there who made this possible just kept inviting us to things like really super fancy, delicious restaurants that serve incredible food from all over the world. Um, also got invited to the Grand Mosque there, which is absolutely breathtaking, breathtaking. Um, got invited to museums and cultural centers to learn about the people and the culture there. And I didn't say no to any invitation. Even if there were two things overlapped, I found a way to go to both. It's I had to see as much as I could see. To the point that um, I have friends that live in in, in Dubai, right? In uh, or Dubai, and like basically, I told them I was in Abu Dhabi, uh, or I, I was going to Abu Dhabi, and I was gonna, you know, hop on a, a flight and 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 join them if they'll have me. And they're like, "What are you talking about? Super close!" I didn't realize how close the cities were. It's like a, an hour. Yeah, like, they're right next to each other. That's like an hour, an hour and a half drive max. Yeah, and uh, went to to Abu Dhabi feels more like what I like I haven't been in the Middle East for 10 years but before this time mm-hmm. the last time was 10 years ago it was a while ago wow yeah it's it, it has been a while I, I did spend quite a bit of time there but still it was a while ago uh, and uh, Abu Dhabi is pretty much I, and I lived in Abu Dhabi I lived there when I was really really young like too young to have real solid memories of it but still I have pictures from there and it it kind of like the downtown Abu Dhabi when I did go there kind of looks like an Arab country. Like it looks like what I remember, you know, different Arab places. I've been to Jordan, I've been to Iraq. It looks like that, right? Mm-hmm. It's still developed and you know it's the, the buildings are a little bigger, They're, the the museums are are more well taken like well taken care of, that kind of thing. But still it feels mm-hmm. like that. Dubai feels right. like something else. Right, it sure does. Dubai does not feel like anything, any place I've ever been before. It's its own thing. It feels like 
uh, it's hard to put into words. It's probably the most modern city I've ever been to in so many different ways. Like the architecture mm-hmm. is pristine and like mathematical and beautiful. And um, it, it kind of, it feels new. Like you can st- see a couple of buildings that you're like, okay, okay, that building is old. But there's such, they stand out. You know, you, it mm-hmm. almost feels like it's a city that came out of nothing. Absolutely. It's, well, that's because it did. It did. It did. I know, but like, it's seeing it. It feels like it. Yeah. Like seeing <laughs> yeah. it is something else. I went to, uh, okay, my friends wa- wanted to show me around. So we went to the biggest mall there, the, the, the Dubai mall. Oh, boy. It's yeah. massive. Yeah, that thing is. Yep. massive we spent hours there and ev- like we kept see- it had attractions inside it doesn't feel like mm-hmm. a mall and we spent hours there and i don't think i saw half of it and the outdoor area is huge and beautiful and and like you you step outside and you see the tallest building in the world the burj Khal- it's right there like you're under it at its at its toe and there's the the light works and the like. I, I took pictures, but I almost don't want to share them because my camera's not equipped to capture, you know, the the imagery <laughs> that I took. It's it's something else. It's really impressive. And so the next day, I needed to actually buy things from for my family. Uh, I wanted to buy gifts and stuff. And I asked them if we could go to the mall, and they're like, "Okay, that that mall is not the mall we go to for shopping. That's the mall we go to for sightseeing. We'll take you mm-hmm. to a, a smaller mall." Um, this is it's more manageable. We'll be able to f- navigate, find our way through it, and we won't, we won't be spending hours. Uh, and that mm-hmm. was the the mall of the Emirates, and that mall yep. is like three times, four times bigger than any mall I've seen in Montreal. Right, it's massive, and it has an indoor like ski thing and like penguins. And I'm like, this is your small mall, <laughs> like, yeah. It's it's out of this world. It is something yeah, very the place different. is not necessarily very sensible, but it exists. Yes, somehow. Yes, and as 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 impressive as it was, like that they have so much uh, going on all over the place. Nothing compares to the hospitality of the people. I didn't walk two two feet before someone invited me to their village, their homes, their meals, whatever it was. Um, there was one group of, of, of four people from Ras Al Khaimah, which is another emirate, like in, in the Arab Emirates. Yeah. It's a little bit further than than Dubai in that direction, mm-hmm. and they were like, I almost said yes. I really wanted to. I couldn't. I felt bad disappointing them because they kept saying, "You have to come. We'll sh- show you an amazing time." And one by one, took turns like in, inviting me and taking pictures with me and having conversations with me. And they were so kind and welcoming and warm, and I didn't even get to the most shocking part. Yarami. Okay. Right. I, I'm in Montreal. Montreal is considered yes. a very uh, multicultural uh, city, right? People from all over the world. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is. It is. It really is. It's, it's, it's a big city. It has a, lot of, it has a lot of people from different places, that's for sure. Exactly. Um, really, when you look at the numbers, though, about 20% of the people in Montreal are not like local, like French Canadians, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's still considered on an international scene. That's considered pretty diverse, right? Pretty diverse, yep. I was shocked going through the different areas in Dubai, specifically Dubai. Mm-hmm. I was shocked because yep. it was something like 80% of people were from all over the world. It was the inverse. Yep. 
I saw like people from I met and spoke to people from India and the Philippines. I spoke to people from China. I spoke to people from like literally every like it looks like the international terminal of, of an airport. Of an airport, yes, that's very true, actually. And that's not what I expected. That that definitely was not the case when I lived in Abu Dhabi a long time ago. That's definitely not that my experience going to other like Arab countries. That's not my experience going to any country. Like, I, I love Melbourne. Melbourne is extremely international too, or multicultural mm-hmm. too, in a similar way that Montreal is, but in a similar way. This is so different. It's like. A, a a country of immigrants or or expats, it's shocking. It's shocking, shocking. Yep. Nothing could have prepared me for it. You could have told me it, and I wouldn't have believed it. And I'm seeing is believing, like people from yeah. all over the world, all over the world. I uh, I I always you know like diversity. I always feel like is an interesting phrase because you know like when you think about it most metropolitan areas will just have diverse people yeah right like it's just that's just how it is and uh you know if you look at like some of the more most diverse cities in the world you're you you know dubai would be one of them Mm -hmm. uh i'm guessing in the u.s la new york Mm -hmm. um but you know, like the really diverse cities around the world tend to not really be in the West. Yeah, yeah. They tend to be more towards the East. The the sort of like the super cities there. Mm-hmm. Um, Dubai is quite shocking because I remember in New York being there the first time and going like, "Wow, I'm really walking past like people from all around the world." Dubai feels similar, although I will say the diversity is less diverse. It feels like yeah. But I mean, there's there's fewer people who are local, is what I mean to say. Yeah. Yep. But like yep, a sure. large portion of the the population there is expats, but from some specific countries, right? Yep. But you yep. still see people from everywhere, and most of the people there are not the locals. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, impressive place. Uh, you know, it it always gives me a little bit of Vegas vibes, which always gets me, you know. Yeah trouble yeah saying yeah because it's a city that shouldn't exist by all means and purposes like it's kind of a, a strange place especially dubai right mm-hmm. um but i guess they build it so it's real it's real it's there <laughs> i haven't been there for a while either but uh, i always remember being very impressed by just the scale of everything and you know nowadays i'm a little more worried about scale like that because you don't build things like that if it's not on the backs of somebody else. Yeah. But, you know, they did build it. Yeah. And it is pretty. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I have an uncle who lives there. Oh, yeah. Should go visit sometime. <laughs> we should go together. Yes. Yeah. Okay, done. Yes. I'm definitely... Habibi's tour. Habibi's tour. Now I want to I wanna see if I can make it to other Arab countries. It's been a while since I've gone back to... Yeah, come to Egypt. Yeah, I'd love to. I've never been to Egypt. My dad... Okay. What? Funny stuff. What? Yeah, I know. Stop, 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 stop. You've never been to Egypt. Never been to Egypt. I never had the opportunity to go to Egypt. Stuff in Allah. My dad, my dad's gone to Egypt. What's really hilarious is... I, you know this. Like You've met some of my, my childhood friends. A lot of my childhood friends... 
uh, are Egyptian because uh, there's a huge Egyptian population here in, in Montreal. And You've never been to Egypt? Never been to Egypt. I, I was invited one time and it didn't work out. One of my, my childhood friends got married in Egypt and invited me and I couldn't go at the point. That was the, the only time I was actually invited, the only opportunity I had, and it just didn't work out. Um, my dad went to Egypt and bumped into, you know, Egypt population of, I don't know how much it was back then, but now it's like a hundred million. It was like something like ridiculous. And he bumped into a friend of mine who's also from Montreal in Egypt. The chances of that happening are like <laughs> astronomical. And yet it happened. So. Very small. Where were they in Cairo? Yeah. In Cairo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, what are the yeah I don't know how that happens. It, I mean, you can bump into people in Cairo. You, but like <laughs> not people you know. That's that's a special that's a special level. Yes, absolutely. But they they both told me the story when they got back. I was like, okay, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> it's shocking. They did a double take. But yeah, like I I have to I have to try it one day. I have to see how if the hype is real, right? Yeah, you do. Yeah, I want to see how close the pyramids are to buildings. <laughs> just go to the pizza hut it's the best view <laughs> best view of the pyramids so so i hear so i hear but yeah like most likely i'm gonna go back to the arab emirates uh possibly yeah. even this year we'll see how, how it goes but uh Inshallah. i have a few Inshallah. standing invitations so we'll but then go to egypt what is this nonsense i mean if i'm invited i'll Umar go I'll, if i'm invited i'll go i have no problems with going you, you don't have to be invited to go to it's not like we don't have like walls on the outside but you can just fly to egypt you can just fly to egypt you can just fly to egypt you can just like decide to go and go yeah 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 subhanallah you can go and then you get a visa on arrival even but then what do you do there like uh, you know go see go to the pizza hut <laughs> You so, go in, you eat pizza, you go sounds out. Sounds like a plot. You you still can't go there, can you? I'm uh, I'm gonna try this year. Okay. I'm gonna pay the fine, and uh, I hope somewhere in July or June that I can go. Like midsummer, proper Egypt, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, you burn yourself on the on the car seat and the the steering wheel of your car. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. We brought the heat with us, so I went last week, and apparently the week we showed up was the first hot week they had. And I'm like, why, why? We could have just went a week earlier; we would have been okay. And uh, it's gonna get much, much, much hotter. Uh, come, come to Egypt. I'll, I'll show you but, around. But can we go to Egypt like in our like Montreal winter? I think that would be better, right? Escape the cold here. You really, you you really have you you so you, you know you definitely have Arab genes. But some of your Arab genes are Montreal genes. Like I understand it's hot, yeah. but like Cairo in summer, what we do is you just make the day start later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can definitely handle the 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 heat. It's just that if it's an option, why do you have to throw yourself at it? And the, the the cold in Montreal is kind of unbearable. So two birds, one stone, right? Okay, Khalas, you are still Arab. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, did a revoke your airport. Card. Your airports remain. <laughs> I just, I've met too many people in Montreal who are like, oh, I love the winter. I'm like, what are you talking no, about? No, no, no. You escape the winter. You hibernate. Yeah, you have like pyramid <laughs> level snow. He is. Like... It's ridiculous. Looks like a plague. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So the, the good part of the winter is like not, it's it's false winter. It's a beginning when it starts to snow a little bit and there's a little bit on on the ground. It's not when it's so cold that your face hurts so much that multiple layers on your face are not enough to protect you, and you wonder why you live here. That's not. I just enjoyable i just remember montreal being the first time i realized that you can you can be so cold that your nose hairs freeze yes literally which means that when you when you squish your nose 
they, the, your nose has to break. You hear them snap. You hear them snap. That's actually you, true. <laughs> and it hurts. Like, you have to be careful. You can it actually hurts. stab the inside of your nose. Yeah, you can stab your nose with your nose hairs. That's messed up. It is. What? Who put a, who put their flag down there and went like, you know what? This is where I'll build my city. They probably came in the summer and regretted the decision. <laughs> <laughs> they regretted it later. So, Speaking of sun, yes, I um. I got some uh, new headphones. I don't know if I've mentioned them on the podcast yet. Well, so even if you have, them. that segue, you have to keep going. That was a really yeah. nice segue. So they're, the, so they're from a brand I normally don't like called Urbanista. Mm-hmm. Um, so normally for my headsets, I'm I'm very much a Bose or Sony sort of fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've used those as noise-canceling headphones forever because they just offer some of the best sound quality and noise cancellation. and. You know, for somebody who flies as much as I do and who spends as much time traveling, noise cancelling headphones are just an absolute necessity. Makes sense. I was shopping the other day for gadgets, and I've bought a lot of gadgets. So if you want to hear more about gadgets, I have a lot more gadgets for you. Of course. Um, but I was shopping for gadgets, and I came across this headphone set, uh, the Urbanista Los Angeles. And I was like, eh, you know, I don't like the brand Urbanista, and I don't really feel like buying something called Los Angeles. Nothing against Los Angeles people. Please calm down. <laughs> um, please, please stop throwing things at your computer. <laughs> um, but um, the um, the the honest truth is that the sales pitch sold me, and it's very simple. It's headphones, mm-hmm. but in the headband, the thing that goes over your head is uh, solar panels. Huh. And they charge your headphone. That is pretty cool. And it's brilliant. I've had these things for four weeks. I've never charged them. Literally never. Never had to plug them in, never charged them. They're at 70%. Okay, so I have a follow-up questions. Mm-hmm. The first is, are these designed for going on walks? Like, yep. is it enough to use them if you have like a window with some sunlight coming in using them at your desk? Or do yep. you really have to like go outside? Go outside is the best charge. Yeah. Right? It, it will charge at most. Mm. But you're not using your headphones continuously. Hmm. You're probably using your headphones. These are made for, like, your phone, right? Mm-hmm. When you're outside, when you're uh, sitting inside, but you don't want to bother other people, mm. they're not meant as your full-time behind-the-desk headphones. That's brilliant. Right. Wow. And I keep forgetting is, to, to charge. I have two yeah. sets of headphones because I keep forgetting to charge one. Yeah. <laughs> These, I've literally never charged them. I treat them like a plant. Wow. I just put them in the window you, when I get home. And you water them once in a while. Once in a while, <laughs> just a little bit of water. And, you know, like make sure you keep rotating the, the happy side away from the sun so that every every all the plants are happy and just keep checking the soil. <laughs> no, the, you... You just, you just, you just make sure that they're in light. Sometimes, you know, when I'm driving, yeah. I put them in the dashboard or on the seat. When I'm, um, or I, or I wrap them around my leg, hmm. right where I normally put my headphones. If I'm walking outside, they're just around my neck and they're charging. If they're playing music, you know, even if you, even if you just put them on your head, mm-hmm. and you play some music, and you look at what the estimated playing time is. It's like fifty plus hours. Mm-hmm. Because it's not, it's, it's, you know, it's using more electricity than it's charging while you're outside. But the playtime is like ridiculous. Mm. And it will charge even from inside lights, just not as well. Mm. So 
they're brilliant. I'm, I've, you know, all my gadgets need to have solar panels. Yeah. That's, um, that's, wait, how's the quality? So here's the thing. That's the, that's the sort of like the downside of it, wow. right? These are not Sony, Sennheiser, Bose. They're, they're good. They're very heavy on the bass, like way too heavy on the bass. What mm-hmm. in, in such a way that they kind of, they kind of encroach on sort of the the, the neutral tones. Mm-hmm. The treble is surprisingly good. I was surprised. The high tones are, are surprisingly good, and they, they feel very like spacious, and they have they have they have room to breathe. The neutral tones feel a little like they they're being pushed by the bass, and the, the bass is just very heavy. I have Sound ID on my phone, so. I can I can equalize things and they're sort of like set for my hearing. So I've set my sound ID for the new headphones, and now it sounds pretty good. But it, it definitely, they're not they're not the best sounding headphones I've ever had. They're also not the best noise canceling headphones I've ever had. Mm-hmm. But they're the on, only headphones where I'll feel like I'll never sit in an airplane for twelve hours and go, ah, oh, I forgot to charge my headphones. That's amazing. Which to me, that's worth way more. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I I just wanted to buy them, even if just to support the idea that these things exist, because mm-hmm. I want Bose to make one of these. I want Sony to make one of these. Oh, I want my remote controllers to be with those. Yeah. You know, like any any small gadget that sits around doing nothing under light, even if it's just a little bit of light. Like that's what we need yeah. to make this this you know this world a little more more sustainable. And I know that a single set of headphones ain't gonna do it. But if every headphone around the world no longer needs charging, that that's the difference. That is. Right? That's huge. Absolutely. Um, and not just headphones. Like like you said, there's so many things that you could just add a little right. solar panel to it and just supplement its yep. charge. It's brilliant. Yep. Why not? We have like the biggest but, source of, of energy in the solar system right there. <laughs> It's so big that we even named the system. Exactly. I mean, come on, no. let's let's capitalize on it. It's funny in the Netherlands we've hit the point where there's so many solar panels that they're overloading our national grid. Wow. So we have to shut down people's solar panels. That's a good problem to have. Yeah. Yeah. We're in Canada, gonna redo all the cables. Yeah. In Canada, it's a little trickier uh, because of winter and the heavy, heavy snows. Mm-hmm. It's still possible, but like a lot of. The solar panels here, they're heated and they use the energy from the sun to heat them so that, you know, it melts the snow around it. It's not as efficient. It takes you a lot longer right. to, to to achieve that, you know, get your money's worth. You should, we should still do it and, you know, people still do it. But when I went to the Emirates, I saw solar panel farms, like fields of them, which makes perfect sense, uh, right? Yeah. That's an investment in the future and they should definitely yep. keep going in that. Yep. No, funny. Spe- speaking of, of um, uh, since I'm talking gadgets anyway, speaking of um, uh, sustainability, I got another thing that I thought was really cool. What is it? It's called a bag tag. What is a bag tag? You know, when you go to the airport with your suitcase, they'll print like that long strip of paper yeah. with the sticky things and then wrap it around your, your suitcase? Yes. So a bag tag is a digital version of that. Huh. You mount it to your suitcase, it connects to your phone, it connects to your airline's app, at least for KLM, my airline, it does that. Mm-hmm. And then when you want to check in, you just check in your bag from your phone. The back tag will receive the label. It's an e-ink display, so it'll just update to the new label, and then it's just there. That is really, really cool. 
Is it also it solar also powered? Can... Powered, or did you have to charge it? No, this thing is e-ink, so the battery will go for like six thousand cycles ah, or I something. See. Okay, so you know, it updates the screen, and then the screen just stays as it is. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, really smart. Yeah, I I was like, oh, hey, that's clever. Yeah. So you just have to worry uh, so about just... compatibility. Does it have a mode where you could just input the numbers and the data yourself as a backup? No, it, it, uh, you always have to do it via the airline because the airline also has to have the same numbers. And if you need the numbers from the airline, yeah, then you need to check in anyway. So Okay. And I guess a backup is that they take the sticky thing and they put it around anyway. So, right. Worst case scenario. But it's nice. It's just nice to have that thing there and just be able to go like, nope, it's, you know, like you don't have to wait for that to happen. You just go to the check-in desk, mm-hmm. throw your suitcase on and done. Mm-hmm. That's pretty um, cool. That's a good, good invention. Yes, it's smart. Yeah, uh, you know, I hope it, it gets mo- used more, more. Yeah. So, but, um, speaking of airlines, this. Oh, nice. so this is my second trip since COVID uh, kind of loosened up a bit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, not the actual virus because it's still around, but I meant like travel restrictions and the like, right? And. This is the second time I landed in the airport in Montreal where I'm randomly selected to, to take a COVID test in the airport. And like I asked actually this time because I'm like, okay, what percentage of people? Because I'm looking at the lineup of people who are just, you can go home. And the lineup of people who are like, you have to take the test. And it looks like disproportionately sm- smaller. And they said it's oh, like... Oh, they, they have a brown line again? <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. It's, it's just a different... Yeah, it's a brown line, but to getting COVID tested now. It's 5% of people that are subjugated to these random tests. And I have 100% so far. Those nice. those numbers are impressive, right? What are yeah, the chances? Who would have believed? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm eagerly waiting my next trip to wherever to come back and see if, if I can get a three for three. The good news nice. is, I like these last two trips, both of them, I wasn't you know randomly checked. So if the replacement to getting my bags checked randomly is getting tested for COVID randomly, I'll take it. Yeah, because you'll have a free COVID exactly. test. Exactly. That's exactly it. Right, that's not bad. <laughs> Pretty much. I don't know. I'm um, I'm starting to get random checked for different reasons as well. But I also agree with these better more. Yeah. Uh, because I travel with my flight bag a lot, I get questions about what the radio is. Oh, because I have a VHF radio, an airband radio, and an airband radio is a radio that's specifically tuned to be able to listen to airplane communications. Mm-hmm. So now security every time is like, why do you have that? And I can I just get to be like, I'm a pilot. They're like, oh, okay. <laughs> that's really cool. <laughs> it's just very nice. That is really it's cool. like, sir, we're going to have to ask you some questions. I'm like, okay, <laughs> what's up with my dad? They're like, what's that thing? I'm like, it's an airband radio. Why do you have that? I'm a pilot. Oh, cool. okay. Oh, goodbye, sir. Oh, that's He's awesome. Like, okay, I'll take it. I'm going to try that too next time. I'm, I'm a pilot. I don't think you can get away with just saying <laughs> I'm a pilot when you're not a pilot. <laughs> what's that, sir? It's a video game controller. Why do you have that? I'm a pilot. <laughs> <laughs> Step over here, sir. <laughs> <laughs> what's your name? Osama Dur- uh, Ah, yes. No. Okay, we have the special special yes i'm never going home am i (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i mean sometimes no you can't apply Uh, uh, the same learnings in different situations no no (laughs) i have a third thing that's getting me random check Uh oh what is that i upgraded my drone oh 
I mean, I, uh, I'm not happy it's getting your random checked, but I'm happy that you upgraded your drone. <laughs> that sounded exciting in the, for the wrong yeah. reasons. <laughs> I, uh, I upgraded from the DJI Mini 2 to the Mini DJI Mini 3 Pro. Oh. And uh, it's a new one. It's an expensive one. The DJI Mini series was kind of known for being like a $400 sort of like step-in level drone. Mm-hmm. And the main advantage it has is that globally, uh, governments have been starting regulations for drones. And the regulations kind of started, if your drone is more than 250 grams, you need to make sure that you get a license or that you get some sort of like permission. You need to mm-hmm. tag your drone and you need to make sure that, you know, you know how to fly that thing because, you know, if, if something heavier than 250 grams fall out, falls out of the sky, that could be dangerous. Yes, makes sense. So DJI made a drone that's 249 grams. <laughs> So smart. And that's it. That's it. Yeah. That is the biggest seller. That's point. it. <laughs> that's it. The entire point of the DJI Mini series is that they're 249 grams. And the first DJI Mini was not very good. Ah. Uh, the DJI Mini 2 used uh, DJI's like transmission technology, which means that it had really good range. It had pretty good battery. It was a really stable drone. I used it for years. Mm. And now the DJI Mini 3 Pro came out, and that's just a its a full-fledged drone in 249 grams. That's impressive. It's bonkers. It has... I'm looking at the camera. Really the good camera. really good. Wow. It's ridiculous. It can even do a 90-degree turn, so it can shoot a portrait and a landscape which is new for drones. It has a really high angle, so you can even point it up, which makes for really unique shots wow. for large structures. Uh, it has uh, avoidance sensors on the front and on the bottom. Um, it has just, you know, incredible flight, uh, incredible flight characteristics. It's super stable. It can fly in pretty sturdy wind pretty well. It stabilizes well. This is this is this is a full drone. This is not like a mini drone, and I understand why they call it the pro. Mm. This thing flies. Um, so yeah, I'm. I have it. I've flown with it two or three times. The thing is absolutely like it's hard to believe when it lands that it's that small. It's also just preposterously quiet. Yeah, you know, drones are loud. They have like the that kind of sound. Mm-hmm. This thing is more like a zzz. it's like it's it's a very different it's a much softer sound. Um, yeah, I'm just incredibly impressed. All right, so. so next time I see you, you're gonna have to let me take a crack at it. Yep, yep. Just you know, uh, let's try and not do it in like 50 degrees. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we've flown in in really cold. Like, I mean, you you visited Montreal. Oh, yeah, yeah. We did both extremes. We flew we flew a drone in Montreal winter, and we flew a drone in, in Phoenix, Arizona, Phoenix heat. summer. Yes. What was it like? Yeah. It was like fifty degrees Celsius or something. Right. Oh. Yeah. In my flight lessons, I learned something cool about that. Oh yeah. Vehicles, so air vehicles, um, work by moving air over a winged surface right mm-hmm. um air molecules to be precise and and uh, propellers like on a drone are technically kind of the same as a wing on an airplane it's just the wing of an airplane goes through the air because the vehicle is moving through the air mm-hmm. the wing on a helicopter or a rotor goes through the air because an engine is spinning the rotor really fast through the air mm-hmm. which to me sounds preposterous <laughs> but also it's really clever mm-hmm. Um, I'm terrified of helicopters. <laughs> As you should. Um, they're really weird. They are. They are. Very smart. A, but my God, they're weird. And a ver- apparently very inefficient. 
in terms of energy. I mean, yeah, I mean, they literally have to spin that thing fast enough to generate enough lift to go up. But, you know, the fact that wings work by moving molecules over a winged surface means that the temperature actually affects how well you can fly. Yeah. Because the colder it is, the denser the air will be. And the warmer it is, the less dense the air will be. There'll be fewer air molecules. So when we flew in Phoenix, it was harder to fly the drone than when it was in Montreal. Oh, I didn't realize that. But now that you mention it, I'll pay attention to it next time. It is apparently really important to know if you're going to take off from an airfield in summer. Yeah. Because if it's really warm, your airplane won't take off as easily and you have to redo your takeoff calculations with the with the local temperature because you need more runway. Wow. I never even thought yeah. about Neither did I. Now I think of it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't have a really good segue for this, but there's something else I wanted to talk about. Well, you know, if you don't, if you, if you don't do it, maybe maybe I can help you with the segue. Which which one is it? So, do you remember that cartoon Rescue Rangers where they flew an oh, airplane? I, <laughs> I know exactly it. So if you if you don't if you don't think of these things, you might get in trouble with your airplane. <laughs> You're right. I, you know, if you get in trouble with your airplane, you might need rescue. <laughs> you might. That's not bad. It's not good either. But you know what? It's better than what I had. Uh, <laughs> it's better than your Abu Dhabi. <laughs> no, 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 no. That you. was good. Fight you. <laughs> Fight you. <laughs> so I saw the new Rescue Rangers movie. On the airplane? No, I saw it on Disney Plus. It's on Disney Plus. Oh, so it's on Disney Plus. I, have, I didn't. I have to give a very long, a little bit complicated and weird <laughs> disclaimer. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh God! Yes. Okay. So the, I, I'm biased towards this movie. I watched it because my wife's brother-in-law, who is also my childhood friend, who is also Egyptian. It was the VFX director on this movie. So he's a longtime animator working in, initially in the gaming industry on Assassin's Creed and uh, other comp- companies like that, other projects like that. And then he moved on to work on movies. He's worked on some of the big like franchises. He worked on big DCU movies, MCU movies, and uh, Disney movies. He is wow. a VFX director here. Him and his three brothers, who are all animators, who all work in the industry, <laughs> all worked nice. on Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers, the movie, one of which was in one of our Sahur Bites, my friend Haytham. He also mm-hmm. worked on this movie as a... I, I get all their titles wrong, but they're like directors or, or something. Uh, they do. They, they they make things move pretty. Yes, they do. And he he's like the, basically his name was second in the credits. There was a director of the movie, then it was him. He was like my my friend Omar. Nice. He was a second name on the credits, which is really really cool. So I was gonna watch it either way. I was gonna love it either way because you know like I have an attachment to it because my you know my my friends practically my brothers uh, worked on it. And I loved it, <laughs> surprising no one whatsoever. Who, who would have thought? <laughs> but it it was like it's hard because I'm biased and I can't tell if I love it, you know, genuinely or not. Of course, but I genuinely do love it uh, because it's something that I didn't expect at all. Without going too much into into spoilers, the best, the most accurate way uh, I've heard someone describe it is our generation's Roger Rabbit. You know who framed Roger Rabbit, the the, mm-hmm. the movie from the past. Um, initially, what I thought is they that this was a movie that's going to have a lot of cameos, 
And I was like, well, they're not going to beat Wreck-It Ralph in the number of cameos. That's impossible. Like, you, you saw Wreck-It Ralph. You saw how many cameos I had. It was ridiculous. Too many. A lot. Really, really a lot. You had to like freeze frame and like to, to even... So I don't think it had as many cameos as Wreck-It Ralph. But I think it was more of a love letter. Like more, more similar to Roger Rabbit. Because Roger Rabbit was a love letter to animation for its time. And this is a love letter to animation of our time. If that makes sense, there were I guess it does many different styles of animation that were all represented from many different eras of of like animated films, and you can see that just from the movie poster, just seeing how Chip and Dale are like look at their different art styles that each are represented in, and you get an idea of what to expect from from the movie. So the plot was good; I enjoyed it. The animation was spectacular, and a lot of the jokes landed. I laughed. I'm extremely biased, uh, but regardless, I'm still giving it two thumbs up in my highest recommendations. So watch it and let me know. Is, yeah, is two thumbs up like your highest score? I only have two thumbs, so right. <laughs> until that changes, it's my highest just, score. Just checking, you I, know. Maybe you're like a three. You'll get like your friends to stand next to you and be like, okay. I give it thirty-six baseball caps. That is my highest. I don't have more. Oh than, wow! <laughs> I, have, I think that's the max. <laughs> I think that's what how many I have. They're also very high quality baseball I caps. I you. just got, <laughs> I just got absolutely burned by you on Twitter today. <laughs> <laughs> well, just add, just destroy you. <laughs> well, you can't show up to this without like you got to know what you're talking about. You just showed up with like. Oh, a... I even said in the tweet that the so for for <laughs> for backstory, I'm I'm preparing for my cross cross country. I've talked about it on the podcast before, but in aviation training, that's sort of like one of the big steps towards examination. It's a solo flight without instructor where you have to fly to two different airports than the one you take off, take off from and fly 150 kilometers. Um, and it's a requirement to to qualify for examination. So I've decided that for my cross country, I want to visit every airport in the Netherlands, every uncontrolled airport in the Netherlands. And I've been preparing for that. I've been practicing for that. And um, I've been trying to visit every airport in the Netherlands so I know what to expect and... Um, at my flight school, you have to go with an instructor first to an airport before you're allowed to land land at an airport solo. Mm. Um, so now I visited almost every single one of them except for one, mm. and I'm just you know taking my time to visit each of those airports and land there. Um, every time I land at an airport for the first time, I buy a souvenir. Mm. Uh, or get a souvenir. So at one, I got like a little stress ball toy in the shape of an airplane mm -hmm. with the airport logo on it. And one, I got like a printed piece of paper. Um, and one of them, I got a mug. And today I went to Midazeland, which is in the, uh, in the Southwest of the country. And, uh, they had caps, <laughs> just a hat. They barely qualify and I, and I like, as you know caps, what? but okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, buy, I'm gonna buy, I'm just gonna buy that. And, uh, you know, it's just gonna go in a cabin and I'm not gonna wear it, but you know, whatever. I bought it. And when I was walking back to the airplane, I had so, so much stuff in my hand that I decided to put it on my head. Now, I don't know what's up with the heads of the people in Zeeland, but they must be smaller than my head. Robbie, to be fair, everyone's head is smaller than your head. I have a big head. This is fair. But it is, was very small. So 
I suddenly felt like that hat does not fit me well, and I decided to take a selfie. And the selfie was so funny to me that I decided to tweet it, <laughs> uh, saying, like, you know, I bought a souvenir. It doesn't fit. And Osama here <laughs> comes in and just lays out, like, a seven-point bullet list on why this doesn't work and just absolutely obliterates me. Like, you know, nuke it from orbit level style tweet. You're, you're approaching this the wrong way. I'm giving you the vocabulary necessarily for you to understand to, to how to obliterate myself, <laughs> to purchase and appreciate proper headgear. That's the, now you know what to look for the next time you buy a, a cap that won't fit you. I'm not, I'm not going to buy a cap. I don't <laughs> buy caps. This is a souvenir. <laughs> That's fair. That's the other conclusion that you can draw from this is that you're not equipped to buy caps and it's fine. Don't do it. Do yourself a favor. Not only doesn't it fit, one, the brim isn't flat, two, it has too few panels, three, it has a logo, and then I can't tell if it's a snapback from this angle, but at least it's a high top. So I'd give it a two out of five. It's actually try harder next it time. It should have been a one I'm disappointed. out of five. This, I gave Do you, you three know how hard snapback. it is to get Osama to be critical on Twitter <laughs> of anything? Of just literally anything. Like, you know, if you're being an absolute terrible person, Osama will go in. But like in general, you have to you have to come at things from a pretty bad angle for Osama to be like, eh, two out of five. You know what's really funny? I I, I have a lot of really good, awesome friends. I'm lucky. It's a superpower, right? And my friends go on a lot of trips and they visit a lot of places and they come back and sometimes they're like, oh, Osama likes caps and they buy me a cap. You know how much self-restraint I have to have to say, I can't wear this. <laughs> this is a monstrosity. I'd rather you have gotten me nothing. Like, but you know, we're close, Robbie. So like, I felt you know, comfortable enough. No, you're good. You're good. I mean, I, I, you know, like I'm not, I'm not hurt. I'm not, I'm not disappointed. I'm not upset. I'm just obliterated. Now a whole bunch of friends who bought me baseball caps. I'm outed. I outed myself. Oh no. Now they're, now they don't wonder why I don't wear their caps and where they wonder where their caps are. And I'm not going to answer that question live. (laughs) <laughs> you can just say that they that they don't exist anymore. It's incinerated. To me, they never existed. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So yeah, I've been flying. That's been good. Um, really getting close to that across country. It's on the twelfth. Going to fly all around the Netherlands if the weather is good. I'm starting to get a little nervous about it. Mm. I'm feeling good. You got this. Then the other thing I've been doing. I'm such a predictable human. You're playing Destiny 2. How, how did you do this? <laughs> um, what else do The you new do? season of Destiny started. Yes. And uh, every season tends to have sort of like a theme and like a thing that we're doing. This season is called Season of the Haunted. Mm-hmm. The Leviathan has returned. It's now sitting over Moon. For those of you who don't know Destiny, just think of like big evil spaceship has reappeared. But now it's also connected to another evil spaceship and it's it's manifesting nightmare ghosts okay that's um yeah and i've just been really impressed by by bungie and destiny with how they've been tackling really difficult topics like very head-on in their little space pulp universe right because this is a universe where 
you know, you play magic space zombies with guns <laughs> that fight on the side of a magic space orb mm. to fight against the armies of giant space Doritos. Wait, what? And <laughs> just like they're, they kind of look like Doritos. They're kind of like weird shaped pyramids. You know, Doritos like yeah, the chips. Yeah, I, I know Doritos. Yeah. Yeah. that's the that's the universe of destiny. That's what we're doing. Interesting. Where does the, then, what about the they, horse? You forgot the horse. Isn't he like a pivot? And there's also character? an all powerful horse. Yeah. The all powerful horse for which I have a T-shirt now. But <laughs> um, the thing about destiny is they keep using that universe to talk about really interesting stuff. So four or five seasons ago. They had a season that was all about racism. Hmm. And they went hard on it. They didn't go like, oh, you know, racism, bad. They were like, no, no, no. Here's here's what you need to understand. And they didn't make it that people were racist to us. Hmm. They made our side the racist ones. Hmm. And then we had to deal with that and like come to terms with it and accept with it and 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 move beyond it. Um, and that was the story of the entire season was, you know, some people that we really admire just being super racist hmm. and then having to come to terms with what that, that that makes them bad, bad people. Hmm. Um, Sounds like Mass Effect a bit. So they went really hard, right? And then this season, uh, it seems, you know, like Destiny has had many places where we've been going, uh, many places we've gone. We've gone to the moon. We've gone to Venus. We've gone into like the darkness of space. We've gone into pocket dimensions. This season seems to be uh, gamers go to therapy. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, that's basically it. Okay. Um, some you, you of our characters to, are. You have to elaborate. That's not enough. right. So this season on this spaceship, nightmares have manifested, and basically what they are is they're representations of trauma mm. of the characters that are there. So. Any character that's going to end up on that ship is going to have to face some form of trauma from their past. This one, uh, this first week, they had uh, shame. Okay. And it's just a character confronting their shame and and their guilt over things they did in the past that they didn't have control about, uh, didn't have full control over, but they still have to reckon with that reality, with that part of their past that they're not proud of and not happy about. Um. And it just goes hard. Uh, and also, what I really appreciated, and by the time this episode comes out, will be a week further, so the people who play Destiny will be caught up. What I really appreciated is that it doesn't work. What do you mean? Like they confront it, but they don't. They don't manage to overcome it because that's it. It's not that easy. Huh. So, um, yeah, they just they just went. They they're just going all out again. It seems that our entire season is going to be characters reckoning with regrets, guilt, shame, and other like negative emotions. So yeah, the season is, you know, instead of going to the moon, we're all going to therapy. <laughs> I love it. Not a bad idea. No. Therapy is great. I like it. I like it a lot. That works. Also, in the meanwhile, we're punching lots of like bad, bad things. <laughs> of course you are. That's great. I'm happy that you're enjoying it. Um, you, I'm all, you playing anything? Yeah, I'm also continuing to play a sequel of a very popular game. Maybe not on the same scale, but still. Wait, there's a sequel to Elden Ring? <laughs> not yet. Wait, you play other games? I play other games. I haven't touched wow. Elden Ring in a while. Uh, well, a while, maybe a couple of weeks. <laughs> 
the I played. You remember I played Rogue Legacy a little bit before I went on my trip. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. During my trip, I really didn't really play video games. I didn't have time for anything. Um, when I came back, I continued playing some more Rogue Legacy, and I beat the second boss in the second biome. Uh, I liked the second boss, did not like the second biome. And the amazing thing about uh, Rogue Legacy 2 is that you're able to pay this NPC character to be able to skip playing biomes because it's a roguelike. So, you know, whenever you mm. beat the game, you have to start it all over again. Um, but I learned that you can skip the biomes you don't like. And now I'm in the third biome, which I much prefer over the second biome. I appreciate that they're trying different things. A second biome is linear. It's not um, a Metroidvania. You know, like I don't know if you've played Rogue Legacy. It's a 2D platformer where it's kind of like a Metroidvania mm-hmm. and you unlock different parts and you reveal the map. The second biome is not that. It's just a linear path. And I enjoyed it much less, right? And the now I can skip it. And now the game is great again. And the content in that game is still staggering and shocking. I keep discovering new items, new traits, uh, new enemy types or, or variations on the enemies. There's so much content. So I'm only in three of what looks like six or seven uh, areas. If you remember, the first game had four. Uh, so this is like at maybe close to double getting there. And this it's just a lot. So I don't think I'm actually going to continue playing the game like on its own because there's just so much and you have to start over. But I think it's a really good one of those games where you just jump into play a couple of matches and play like long-term in that way. I think it's going to fall in that category for me. Oh, I, I, I did another thing. I actually forgot about this. I went back to play Hitman 3. Uh, okay, welcome back. Yeah, thank you. I, I finished a Dubai uh, mission. <laughs> <laughs> Osama? Yes? Are we going to hear about some murders in Dubai soon? <laughs> I did murder some some du- Dubaians. <laughs> Technically, they're expats. The ones I murdered weren't even from there. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was, it's it's a good game. It's fun, and I I'm I just started the mission after that. And the reason I'm doing this is because I, I played the, the game for a bit. Uh, I enjoyed it. I played a, a couple of hours, and I was like, oh, okay, this feels like a typical uh, Hitman experience. It's good, but you know, not not something I, I I normally spend too much time on. Then both you and Fozzie were like, no, 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 you gotta beat the mission after the next because you knew I was on the Dubai mission. And I hadn't finished it at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I finished it, and now I'm, I'm, I just started the mission after that one. So I assume that's the one that's really special. Uh, I failed miserably at it. So do you take me? Is it the one out. in a mansion? Yes, it's the one in a big mansion. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. So I'm on that one. I, I tried a couple of Enjoy. times. Enjoy. Yeah, I, I failed a couple of times, and I'm going to keep trying. Uh, I tried to mm-hmm. do the the chandelier thing didn't work and then i outed myself and then everyone came to get me so i'm going to try a few other things and see you know i'm really curious to see what's so special about this mission all right cool keep us up to date we'll do do you think we have time for for email do, do we have one do we have seven do we is it like do you pick did you pick one we have a bunch we're not we can't do all of them but i could pick one email okay go all right on. let's do one okay cool so this is by our friend Jose. We love you, Jose. Jose writes us a lot, and we're really happy every time we get an email from Jose. Uh, Jose has a few questions, three questions. 
okay. One of them is like I'm gonna ask you the questions out of order because one of them is specifically for you, and I want to know the answer to this. Okay. Rami, if you had to fight all the Ramis messing up your SEO, do you think you could win? I mean, there's really only one Rami that's messing <laughs> up my SEO, I think. Because uh, if you search for Rami, you get Rami Malik. Yes. But I mean, there's um, also that TV show, Rami. Is that messing up your SEO? Yeah, but that's Rami with a Y. Oh. So and you're like I three times know. bigger than Rami Malek, right? But but he was a Bond um, villain, so that counts for something, right? <laughs> so let's see. Uh, let's give it fifty-fifty. <laughs> what? That's we'll not 50, a, 50. that's a non-answer. I'm gonna answer for you. Well, I think you would beat let, Rami Malek. Here, here's the problem: actors, depending on the role they're playing, can be very in shape. <laughs> I guess so. And a very in shape small person is just gonna straight punch me in the gut, and that's gonna be it. <laughs> but you have reach on um, the guy. You... Right. So if I if I could keep some distance, <laughs> you know, that's good. But that's why I'm saying fifty-fifty. It depends. Mm. I think if if you give it multiple tries, you'll get a different outcome every time. Well, he didn't um, ask me, but I think you would beat Rami Malek hands down. See, see, I, don't, I don't know. Hands also, down, pun intended. Th- hands honestly, because that's honestly, I think the thing that will happen is just me and and Rami Malek would realize that we don't want to fight, and we'll go get some shawarma somewhere. Yeah, that's true. I'd like. I don't know like if that. Rami Malek is vegetarian. <laughs> Less, which is possible. I have no idea. Yeah, he, lo- he uh, looks vegetarian. I'll, I'll give it. I'll, I'll say yes. <laughs> he looks vegetarian. <laughs> what is that? I, I don't know. Let me have this one. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. More all right. questions, but we'll we'll go quickly. Um, are you a pullover or zipper hoodie guy? Me? Both of us. All right. You go first. Uh, I like big pockets in my hoodies. I don't mind whether there's a zipper or not, but I like having big pockets to put my hands in near my belly. That's my condition. Okay. I'm I'm a zipper. Like I, I wear zipper hoodies. You're definitely a zipper hoodie. I would have answered that for yeah. you too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a zipper hoodie person. I have both. Not not picky. Next question and final question from Jose. Would you guys be open to having discussions on specific game design topics? Nothing too in-depth, just something to bring all your perspectives on something you think has been done well or hasn't been done well, or maybe even something you disagree on. I think that's like our every week, personally. I think. We'll- yeah, I mean, I think we usually keep it at like the game level rather than specific design things. We can, we can jump into a design thing sometime. I mean, like just a design thing for the sake of design, like without a game yeah, that's I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we can also talk about Destiny too. It's fine. No, okay. I like the second thing better. Let's do the, the second th- thing? Great. Okay. We'll talk about Wait, Destiny. Wait, no. The, the second thing in reverse order. Oh, okay. Awesome. Thanks so much, everybody. <laughs> that was a great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm foiled again. Jose, this is your fault. Shake's fist. <laughs> I don't know. I think you only have yourself to blame yeah, there, buddy. Yeah, pretty much. All right, I think I think we're done for questions. I just owed myself about. Osama is not gonna risk. Osama <laughs> no. is not gonna risk having to talk about more destiny. No, 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 I will not. I think we've had enough oh. destiny. <laughs> I haven't. I'm going back in. Anyway, 
it was good catching up. It was great, Habibi. I missed you. I missed you too. Good to have you back. For everybody listening, um, do send your emails. Normally we have a little bit more time, but I think on some of the other emails, there might have been fousy questions. Yes. Is that what happened? That's exactly it. That's what happened. Okay. Um, so we can do them this week because uh, as you might have noticed, no fousy. No. Um, next week, though, inshallah, three Habibis, maybe. I hope so. Not sure. Inshallah. Who knows? We'll see. Um, if you have emails, send them over to uh, info at thehabibis.com. Come join us on our Discord at uh, discord.thehabibis.com. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the podcast. Send it to your friends. You know, uh, whatever you want to do, actually, honestly, we, it's fine. we're doing this for fun. Yeah, it's fine. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like, come hang out in the Discord. Come talk to us. Come email us. Um, and come tune in next week for another episode of Habibis. For now, this was uh, episode 72 already. Wow. 72. And that's not counting the Suhoor Bites. No, that's incredible. We did it. Lots of episodes. <laughs> Lots of episodes. We're going on 100. Do you think, do we need to do something for 75? Oh my God. No, no, let's skip to 100. That's... All right, we'll do it as something at 100. Yeah, 100. Okay, okay. But let's do something big. We, we have enough to do. <laughs> we do. Okay. Well, anyway, what I was trying to say is this one is another episode of the Habibis. We're never going to talk about the Abu Dhabi Do thing again. <laughs> Isn't that the title? No, you can't make it the title. It'll ruin the joke. Salam. <laughs> okay, salam, everyone. That was the Habibis podcast for this week. I was Rami Ismail, your host for this episode. You can find me on Twitter at T-H-A underscore Rami. My fellow Habibis were Osama Dorias, who you can find on Twitter at Osama Dorias, and Fauzi Mesmar, who you can find on Twitter at Fauzi Mesmar. Send us your questions, stories, and suggestions via info at thehabibis.com. The intro and outro music was provided by Malik Zubayla, and the logo was provided by Ibrahim Hamdi. The Habibis is a weekly podcast about three game developers drinking good Arab tea with new episodes launching every Friday, inshallah. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting service or check out thehabibis.com for more information. Thank you for listening and salam.